<clears throat> okay, I'm not a pastor. I am a teacher, though. I know I'm a teacher. So I have, Lord leads me differently than some people, and I'm fine with that. Um, but we're going to open in prayer. What are those for, honey? Okay, let's open in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come boldly before your throne of grace, and we just thank you for the time we have with you here in church, Lord. We ask for the anointing. I ask the, that the word would become alive and living and active, sharper than a two-edged sword, dividing between soul and spirit, spirit, marrow and bone, thoughts and intents of the heart. Lord, I ask that it would fall upon good soil in the hearts, that it would be received um, and it would grow to a hundredfold, mm -hmm. that it would not return void. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I suppose I gotta have glasses. I can't read without them, you know? Okay, so as I was praying and seeking God for this time, it, he gave me some things on entering into the rest of Jesus. And in Hebrews 4, 8 through 12, do I have that on that one? Nope, sorry. Take your time. It's okay. Okay, so I find myself needing rest more than ever as I work as I do what I do, I'm finding out my time is very limited for rest. So I was seeking the Lord on it. I said, Lord, how do I get into rest? And he told me, deep worship. Going deep into my worship. And the rest, because the glory of God and worship, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, things will lift and fall off and you will be restful. Okay? Okay. So this is Hebrews 4, 8 through 12. This mention of a rest was not a reference to their entering into Canaan. For if Joshua had given them rest, he, God, would not speak afterwards about another day. So then there is still awaiting a full and complete Sabbath rest, reserved for the true people of God. For he who has once entered God's rest also has ceased from the weariness and pain of human labors. Just as God rested from those labors, peculiarly his own, let us therefore be zealous and exert ourselves and strive diligently to enter that rest of God, to know and experience it for ourselves, that no one may fall or perish by the same kind of unbelief and disobedience into which those in the wilderness fell. Okay? For the word that God speaks is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than a two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life, the soul, and the immortal spirit and of joints and marrow of the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and, is there one more? Nope, let's stop. Sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purposes of the heart. Um, so this was the verse I came to when I was looking into resting, okay? Because balancing out worship, ooh. Balancing out, <laughs> why is the voice is too loud? Balancing out time in the Word, worship, and your life. Mine pretty much goes like this. Because by the time you do life, you have to figure out how to get the other in. Seriously. Because you're either too tired, you're cooking, you're cleaning, you're cutting wood, stacking it, you're mowing, you're doing whatever. Your life is so consumed in things that you don't have time to rest. So then I got asking the Lord about it. And I said, you know... How do I change when my day and my time is allotted right here? Mm -hmm. And I need to make it so there's a balance in my life. And so 
that was my, it's my quest. I'm seeking out a balance in life. Um, to work, play, word, worship, and rest. Okay, so in the Greek, sabbatismos, sabbath, or shabbat, cause to cease. Now there's many to celebrate, to keep, to rest, to be still, to take away, okay? And that's what they were talking about when they talked about the Sabbath. Now, in the Jewish, they had the Sabbath because that's the day that Jesus rested after creation of six days. Did Jesus, or God, did God need to rest after six days? He didn't need to rest, right? Because he's God, right? He didn't sleep. He didn't do anything. So when I would read that, I would like, oh, he didn't have to rest. Why did he do that? So then my brain starts thinking, Holy Ghost, what is this then? Because if we're to rest, what does this rest really mean then? Because God didn't need rest, but he told us to rest, okay? So to rest is to worship God in Psalms 156. For the Lord knows and is fully acquainted with the way of the righteous, but those way of the ungodly, those living outside God's will, shall perish and end in ruin and come to naught. I don't know if that's the right verse for me. Um, it's 150 six. instead of 156? No, no. It's 150. I, I did it wrong. 150 verse 6. It's okay. I will find it. I have it right here, guys. I'll look it up. It's the last verse. 150 verse 6. Do you have it? <coughs> Do you want to read it? Oh, oh my goodness. You guys are so fast. Let everything that has breath and every breath of life and praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, Worship leads to rest. I know that sounds fun, but it really does. So I put it into practice. I said, okay, Lord, I'm gonna, you, the challenge is on. Okay, the word, worship, rest. So I find out when I'm done with worship, I'm already in a different state of mind and a different state in who I am. I'm very relaxed, very, so then I implemented it. And I said, okay, I'm going to practice this. I'm going to practice worshiping by myself with you. Even without music, I, I cannot carry a tune. So it's quite funny, actually. I'll do it in the chicken coop. I'll do it outside. I'll do it where people can't hear it because I don't do that in public. <laughs> but because I don't carry tune. But that's what I started doing. I said, okay, if the garment of praise is for the spirit of heaviness and I feel heavy after I've done my load of work for the day because physically, emotionally, mentally, it's very taxing. My job is as a nurse and it, it just takes everything out of you. It's 10 solid hours. You walk out of there going like a rag doll, like, I, boy, I need a break or I need something. So then I'll put worship on. So now I have it where I take the time I have, like in the car, at home, when I'm making the food for supper, when I even put it on me where I'll put it in my, my phone in my pocket and I'll go outside and I'll go on a walk and worship in the yard. So I, until things change because I can feel the heaviness and the weightiness of my job. I can. So, so that's what I've been practicing. So to rest is to worship God, okay? Worship is doing the will of God. Okay, in John 4, do you have that one? That's why we're doing worship next. Because I wanted to share this first, do communion and then do worship next. Let every, now when the Lord knew, learned, became aware that the Pharisees had been told that Jesus was winning and baptizing more disciples than John. Okay, we got it wrong again. It's, nope, nope, I'm sorry, guys. I'll look it up. It's John 4, 
I have 23 through 24. John 4, 23. I'm sorry, I did that. Maybe I gave you the wrong numbers, guys. A time will come, however, indeed, it is already here, when the true genuine worshiper, worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, reality. For the Father, thank you, for the Father is seeking just such people as these as his worshipers. God is a spirit, a spiritual being, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth, which is reality. It says on there, okay. So the Father is seeking us to worship him, okay? And I love that when it says that. We are, we are to worship, but he's seeking for our worship, okay? We are created on this earth to worship, all right? In heaven, that's all we're going to do is worship in heaven, yes. We're going to have so much fun, okay? You, <clears throat> you cannot enter into the rest with your own ability or coming to worship your own way. Can you worship... In the flesh, absolutely, you can worship in the flesh. You can, you can just, this is, <laughs> this is kind of how I, I say it, okay? You can stand up and sing the song, say the words, do everything, but your heart isn't in it. That's how you know it's flesh. Yeah. You would know that because when you guys have to worship, right, you have to be already set apart inside and get prepared, right? Before you come, you have to practice. Not just the music. You have to practice entering in to worship. So you can bring us in with you, right? Is that kind of what I'm saying with you too? Okay. <clears throat> so if you, excuse me, worship in your mind, I would say you sing the song, your body language is saying something different. You'll see that with children. They're just open books. They'll stand up there like this, you know, and they're singing their song and they're not there. Okay, and that's when I go, time out, grandkids, sit down. We got to talk about this, okay? You need the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness because you are heavy from your play day, from whatever, you're tired. I have no idea what you guys did today, but obviously you're not coming to worship. You're coming here because mom and dad brought you, and that's not how you want to enter worship, not because you were brought. You want to come with an open heart, obedient and willing, and you want to come to have him commune with you and fellowship. You want him to be a part of you and you a part of him. All right, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are one, okay? But as you go into worship, you become one with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, his word, okay? And I love it because, you know, when you put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, um, when I think of putting on the garment of praise, it's not only a heart thing, it's a body thing. It's clothing you, okay, in an anointing. To worship. There is anointings to worship. <clears throat> Excuse me for coughing. Okay, let me see. What do I have next? Okay, hold on to that. Don't do it yet. Okay. All right, 1 Corinthians 10.31. So then whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all for the honor and the glory of God. Glory means to honor, to praise, and to worship. So when you think of glory, church, it's to honor, it's to praise, it's to worship. That's why I can say with this church, there's a gift here in worship, in praise, because that's what glory means, okay? All right. All right, what else do I have? Okay. 
I'm going to look up a scripture really quick. I want to make sure because these are my chicken scratches. That's how I do my notes. <laughs> it's my study stuff, right? Okay, I'll get there. It's going to come. Just a second here. Okay, in Colossians 3.17, and whatever you do, no matter what it is, in word or deed, to everything in the name of the Lord Jesus and in dependence upon him, his person, giving praise to God the Father through him. Okay, so in whatever you do, in word or deed, yeah. you're to give praise to the Father Amen. in everything. So when you're going to go and you're going to clean that toilet, guess what? <laughs> it's a place of worship. When you're going to go and you're going to pluck those weeds out of that garden or cut up that brush that just keeps falling, you know, and makes a mess in the yard like we've been doing. Um, we did, how, I don't even know, where's Charity's in the other room. I don't even know how many cord of wood that we put up yesterday. And I'm sitting here with this handle going like this. I swear I fell asleep. And, and, you know, you hear him say it. Oh, yeah, I'm back. <laughs> here we go. You know, but, you know, when you do it for six hours, it's a little exhausting. And when I was done, I... I said to Dennis, and he, I said, what are you were doing? And he goes, well, I was worshiping the Lord when we were doing this. I was thanking him for all these blessings that I have in my life, all this stuff that, that God has given me, this job that I've had for 40-some years, this, you know, and he's going into all of these things that he was worshiping and praising God for and thanking him. And I, I thought, geez, I was sleeping. You know, I wasn't really using that time like I could have. You know, you have the head thing on because it's noisy. But so he was, he said that to me and he didn't even know what I was going to share today. But it was kind of cute that he shared that with me. So to give thanks is to express gratitude of what you're thankful for. Um, so worship calls us to praise God. God, God's creation is connected to praise and worship. Okay. Um, in, I love this book. He died and went to heaven. If everybody wants to borrow it, you can. And he talks about how he went to heaven and how music, all the mountains went in a rhythm. The flowers were in a rhythm. The water was in the rhythm. Everything was in a rhythm and it was all light. Everything was light. Uh, the clothing were light. You were clothed in the glory of God and it was light. And you were in that glory. And then he'd walk into the Father, Jesus would, and he'd walk into the light. And then he'd be consumed by the light, the glory of God. So as I was reading in this, this is what the curiosity for the rest for me because deep worship is in heaven but we're to do this on this earth we are to apply and put ourselves in that throne room to worship him in spirit and truth and it takes a lot my flesh doesn't always want to sit there and doesn't always want to um, but I sit a lot because my back doesn't like to stand so no it doesn't it's, it, I had a fracture in it um, so I have to sit because that takes away one element that's going to take me out of worship. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If, if something's bothering you and you have to sit, do the worship that you best can do that keeps you connecting, okay, is what you have to do. Um, everybody's different, okay, on how they do things. Some people walk, and I've, I've seen, I have a friend, that's, that's what she does. She walks like a crazy lady and worships. That's how she, she's just like on a mission. And I can't even keep up to her. And I say, this isn't worship. This is work. I can't do this. And she laughs at me, but she has created this in her that that's what she does. And this is where she goes to the place in God in worship. Okay? Which I think she's crazy, but that's okay. Okay. 
we are new creations in Christ, okay? So when we receive him, you know, the joy of our salvation, when we receive him in a heart, he becomes our Lord and Savior. It's reciprocal. Then we give back praise and worship. We thank him for that salvation because being saved is beyond being saved. It's a continuous renewal. It's a continuous growing. It's a continuous connection and fellowship with the Father. It is. And as you spend the time, all of a sudden that circle closes and all of a sudden you're in the presence of God all the time. And you realize for the first time in your life, this is what this is. This is what I'm supposed to do. But until you've made that connection and close it up and cause yourself habitually, right, seeking God and worshiping and sitting. And I know, I know with kids, it takes all your time raising kids. I know, homeschooling, everything. I did it. I know what it takes. Squeak out what you can. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you time you don't have. Ask him to help you be creative in your time with him and include the kids. Sometimes you can pull everybody in, in it through a devotion or whatever you're doing. It'll work, okay? So as you enter into worship, you enter into truth. On that, it said truth was reality. You enter into what the Word says we have. When you're in worship, in Psalms, Psalms is beautiful for this. It talks all about how to worship, how to come before the Lord with praise and singing and thanksgiving in your heart. It, it talks about your posture of worship. It talks about what you should be thinking when you're in worship. You're not thinking about the store and the groceries you're going to buy after church. You know, you got to harness that in. You got to pull that stuff in and get yourself spirit, soul, and body lined up yeah. and in worship together because your whole being worships. Okay. Um, Okay, so think about this. What do you give away from you when you praise and worship? What are you giving to God? Yourself. So he gave us Jesus, so we can go to heaven, right, and have Jesus. We give ourselves back, so it's reciprocal. So as you enter worship, it's not about you. It's not about what you want, what your needs are. It's not about, um, it's about giving from you to the Lord. It's you giving. And if you're depleted and you have nothing, then, then you need to just pretty much stay and get filled up because sometimes we do get depleted and we don't refill. Okay? I play worship music day and night. I don't stop because I want that frame in my being. I want to know that, I'm, that he's always in my life. And as I get to that place, and my husband goes, do you ever turn it off? I said, no. Denny, this is going to be in heaven forever. We are going to worship forever, eternity. I better practice down here, okay? So that's my plan. I'm going to stick to it. So, all right, so I was thinking about something, okay? Music can produce light, okay? It can, all right? Light can produce music, okay? And it's a scientific thing. And I went and I was on the website and I was looking at everything and, and how sound and the circular motion they could put light into it and it creates music. And I thought, oh Lord, this is kind of cool. You're a science person. This is kind of cool because if light can produce sound, can sound produce light? I always think like this. I always think out of the box. God created it and he created us very uniquely. And so as I was praying, I'm asking him, show me Lord, show me in nature, show me in wherever I'm at. Show me with the trees or whatever you want to use. Um, the first time that I actually entered into true worship, I was 15 years old. 
and I, this is how I know I entered into it. I was um, running, believe it or not, I could run then, uh, five miles, and then I would swim two miles in the lake, and then I was a camp counselor, and I worked as a cook in a camp, Birch Haven. And I would go, and as I was running, all of the trees had these little symbols because they were birch, birch chest symbols, yeah, like little symbols. And it was like they were playing music as I was going. You could hear the wind through the trees. You could hear everything. And it was so musical. And I said, Lord, is that you? Is that you? And I heard yes in me, just in me, just a quiet yes. And I said, okay, I'm going to worship. So then I started worshiping. I started singing out scriptures. I started doing what I knew that I had the ability to do. And then as I ran, it was the most anointed presence of God. I, to this day, I've never felt that kind of love. And I know that sounds weird. But he came down in a way that I had asked for, okay, because I wanted to know him in nature. And that's why I went up to the North Woods. But he came down in a way that I had never experienced before. And I, I will hopefully someday in heaven I'll experience. The love was actually you could touch it. It was tangible. It was you could smell the sweetness of the spirit, the fragrance. And there was no flowers. There was nothing. So anyway, so I went through the woods and I came back and then I sat on the bench and I, I wrote in my journal. I just said, God, you're so real. How did I not know this? That you're this real. If we will spend the time Amen. talking, I mean, in the garden, what did he, he wanted to fellowship with Adam. He wanted to walk and talk with Adam and Eve. He wanted to spend time with them. And then they chose not to and did some sin. And then he had to do the next plan that she already knew was going to happen. But he wanted to fellowship with them. Well, how much more does he want to fellowship with us? Like Enoch, like Methuselah, 300 years. He walked and he was no more, right? That kind of intimacy I crave because I want to know him in ways I have not known him before. Because, you know, there's dimensions in glory. There's dimensions in your walk with God. You'll go deeper. You'll go deeper. There's mountains and there's valleys. We all know that. And the glory is there right? We all see and know that. Oh, I got chicken scratches. And Psalms 100, 1 through 5. Kids don't care, by the way. They can't read. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, okay? So when you are out and about on a boat, on a walk, sitting on a park bench, looking out at water, up Florida, when you're out about doing your paddling or whatever you guys like to do, right? You just sit and you ask him, show me. Show me. Show me in nature worship. Show me in nature praise. Show me. I want to know how this is because you created all of this for us. And his creation reflects who he is. Okay? On earth. It does. It shows us God. It shows us Jesus. It shows us life. Even the movement of a tree. It's musical. The flowing of the branches. If you would put yourself in to that place and see. You know, even watching Ducks swim. I love watching ducks swim. I, love, I like how they all shake off the water and they get all... I like watching animals too. And the Lord's in that. In the songbird singing. I got up this morning, stepped out on the deck. Honest to God, that songbird was serenading me and I said, I'm not feeding you. I'm going to church. I'll feed you when I get home. Because they know I feed them. So, and there was no food in the feeder. And he's just up on that tree. And I'm like, is that a call to food or, you know, is that the dinner bell or, you know how you think? You know, you guys just think weird things. I do anyway. Is that my dinner bell? And then in Hebrews 4.11, it says, be diligent to enter into the rest. Okay. And it, it talks about in Canaan when they failed to enter God's rest. And the reason was it, they weren't willing and they were disobedient. They weren't willing to spend the time 
in fellowship. They wanted to do their own thing when they wanted to do it. Kind of a selfish motive. And they were disobedient. When he told them to do certain things, they said, no, we're going to do this instead. Okay, so be careful of being unwilling when the Lord asks you to do something. Amen. And be careful of being disobedient. Okay, it's not going to come out good. Okay, it doesn't come out good. I always tell my kids that. I always say, you're disobedient to your parent, there's a consequence. With God, there is too. I'm sorry, but there is. You want something, you need to be obedient. That is part of it. You have to follow the word. There's a path of righteousness for his name's sake, not ours. It's not about us. It's about him. And your life should be a life of worship. It should be um, to him. It shouldn't be to you. You shouldn't be putting you on the throne instead of God. And when you want to do your thing, lots of the times, you're putting yourself before the Lord. You really are. And I've, I've done it, so I can say I, I know it. Uh, okay. So, so they, they, they were disobedient because they lacked faith. Okay? They did not believe God would give them what he promised. Okay? So as you're in the word and it becomes alive in you and becomes active and sharper than a two-edged sword and it divides between soul and spirit, marrow and bone, um, thoughts and intents of the heart, right? Did you ever think your spirit man hears and sees and feels? It does. It does. You have senses in your spirit man and they come alive when you spend time with him. They become real and then you learn how you react and don't react. Like I have learned like when he came and he said that to me, we talked about this in prayer, he came and he said something and changed the whole trajectory. I got in the car and I knew exactly what to do. Repent. I knew I had allowed something that I shouldn't have allowed and it could have been because I was tired, wore out, whatever, whatever excuse isn't an excuse. It was disobedient to the word, okay? You know, worry, unbelief, it's, that's, no, you don't do that. That's disobedient. <clears throat> that's lacking faith, okay? So when I got in the car and the whole thing changed and it lifted off, I knew knew that I knew that I knew that I was back on the mark I yes I was back on track and now I can enter back in and I was struggling entering and I knew it had to be sin okay all right okay we need to respond to God with faith and willingness uh, faith is believing in something you don't see willingness is yes Lord he asks you say yes uh, how often do we let our kids, we tell them to do something, and we allow our kids, we have to tell them five times, six times, seven times, finally we yell at them, and then they do it. That's not okay. God doesn't do that. He tells you once and he expects the first time for you to obey. Train your children in the way they should go. You tell them the first time. The consequence that comes on the second. They will learn to follow the Holy Ghost by you teaching them as a parent to follow you. You're the example, all right? And it's tough at first. Woohoo! it's tough, it's not fun. But pretty soon, if you take the word and you show them, and they learn of the word, and they, that you're holding them to it, like you're held to it, okay? Um, it's not different for a child than it is for an adult. Really, the word is simple. Faith is faith. Sin is sin. It really is simple. We might have other sins kids would never be exposed to, but it's still the thought patterns, the, the speaking the word, the walk is pretty much the same. It's just childlike which you'll, you'll find your child has more faith than you do, and you'll be surprised by that. So if you have a serious thing that you've got to pray about, get your child to pray it. Me and my husband have done that for years. Every time it comes through, because their faith is front and center, and they believe in what the Word says. And they have tremendous faith. 
and they actually school us in it, actually. Mm -hmm. Me and my husband have looked at each other and went, okay, we need something prayed for grandkids, come here, <laughs> you know, because they're innocent and they don't have all of the stuff that we have up here that stops us <clears throat> from believing, okay? <clears throat> okay, what else do I have here? So you enter God's rest by faith, okay? By believing in the word, by making the word front and center and making it very important for you, okay, and your family. All right. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna skip that. I have a lot of notes, guys. I'm sorry. Oh, I like this one. For for those who enter God's rest also cease from their labors as God did from his. Yeah. So when you enter your rest, you're going to cease from your labors like I did. And you're going to spend that time in worship and prayer and in the word. And you're going to spend that time, whether you're gardening or you're cleaning your house or you're cooking, um, whatever God shows you to do, you do it. And then he'll become so real in you that it's undeniable, okay, that it's him. So what kind of um, work do we cease from, okay? You can't earn your salvation. You can't use religion as the vehicle to go to heaven. It doesn't work. It's a personal relationship. It's believing in God, what he said he will do, okay? It's not about religion. It's not about going to church, okay? It is about worshiping because that's what we're created to do. And it is about the word. So the word will direct you on that. Okay. When we look to Jesus for our salvation, we stop looking at ourselves. The minute you start looking at yourself, you're going to stumble. And there's going to be a problem. And you need to get yourself back on. Um, so here's my conclusion. Okay. Let us make every effort to enter that rest so that no one may fall through such a disobedience of their own. The rest is available to all of us. Enter it with faith. The rest requ requires effort, not passivity. Amen. You have to work at your walk. You have to work at rest. You've got to plan. It's got to be purposeful. And it's got to be worship with the word. Okay? And that's all I have.